you're not good enough, man. You, you will never be good enough. You cannot do good enough. You will fall short every time. This is, this is, you're talking about religion. Erase that word from your vocabulary because religion is man-made. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us each and every Monday morning. Returning guest, Bernie Calcote, sitting with us again. Dude, thanks for being back. Happy New Year. Happy right? New Year. Yeah. 2022. Yeah, we're here. Um, dude, thank we you go. for... Guys, Bernie drives like an hour to come here to do this. And you've done countless episodes helping me through this, walking mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. So, dude, j- just thank you for coming up here on a weekday. I know you have family and work and a lot and everything else you got going on in your life and you choose to drive an hour, be on the podcast for an hour, drive back for an hour. That's a really big deal to me. I was thinking about that this morning. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh it's a privilege, man. It's a privilege. And I don't take it lightly either. So, you know, every time that an opportunity kind of presents itself. Uh, you got to take advantage of it because you never know when the next one will come. You know. Yeah, we're Bernie and I go back uh, two decades at least. Now we're over two decades of being friends. I trust him. I trust him with any question I have in life, and and so th- that's why I like to bring him on the podcast because I trust that he's going to give you guys the the same advice that he would give me. And that's what we do here. That's that's the nature of this podcast is we answer your questions as if we're sitting around a campfire. We're just, uh, you know, the, the night's getting late. Bernie and I are sitting in, you know, on two stumps. And, and you walk <laughs> up, you, the listener, walk up and go, hey, could I, could I ask you guys something? And we don't have a time frame. We don't have a limit of, of how quick we have to say it. We just go, yeah, what, what you got? And it, you could ask us anything. It could be about... Life or love or careers or or money or whatever the subject might be, you ask us, we'll walk through it. We're not always right, but we'll give it to you straight. We'll shoot you straight. Sometimes it might be a little tough love, but we'll give it to you the best that we know how. Take that with a grain of salt. If if you have a question, email GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. I've noticed over the last year, and maybe even, you know, prior to that. I mean, you guys are bringing the heat with your questions these yeah. days, some humdingers, and we're yeah. like, whoa, okay. <laughs> we, uh, we got more of that today. Okay. Well, that's great. I haven't done, I haven't looked at these very much besides just skim them and throw them into a folder. And Bar- Bernie, you have your own folder now because people love you on this podcast. But but that's what we do. I throw them in here. We don't have notes. You could see our table. If you're watching on Spotify or YouTube, you see we don't have notes or quotes or anything like that. So we're just going to walk through it as it comes. So let's get into so it. So before we get started, I had this thought as I was driving up here, which um, that space, you know, on the drive here, on the drive back, right. you know, it's really uh, a time of just solitude and the road and any, anybody out there who's you know, uh, driving trucks overnight or just has a long commute, um, you understand what it can be like to just be out on the road, have nothing but the road in front of you and your thoughts and be able to just kind of sit and think and process and everything. So um, I was listening to uh, the podcast of this buddy of mine um, who's a country singer, and he did it by himself last week. It was you. Um but as you were answering these questions, and I know we've talked about this before, I started 
to wonder if each one of these questions could be answered with three answers. Mm-hmm. And the first one, and they happen to all start with C. I didn't plan that. But community, communication, and communion. Mm. So the what's happening in these questions is there's either a lack of communication, there's a lack of community, or there's a lack of communion with God, with the Scripture, right? So I don't know if this is true. I just I thought about right. it coming up. So on. as we're going to go into it today, we're going to see like, hey, maybe Burns way off. Maybe there's something to those three, and maybe we can kind of dig in and wrestle with that a little more. Let's dig into that, and we'll call it C1, C2, C3, All right. and see if it falls in, if any question or right. all the questions fall into one of those three categories. I think that's interesting. Yeah. And I think, I think you're absolutely right, whether there's three or there's four or there's two, or I, but I do think there are, you could, you could list on one hand. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. You could list on one hand the answer to every question in life. Yeah. There were some questions last week that were good. Uh, the one about the blue check mark and like, did you comment right. to the people? I thought that was really good. And there's some other kind of like uh, higher level questions, surface level questions that I think uh, we would love for you guys to ask, right? Because <laughs> before we jump into the deep end, sometimes it's good to be like, oh yeah. And it's good information for everybody to know. And they want to know, you know, about Granger, like, hey, so. 2022 here we are what are you excited about this year yeah i got i, I have a um, that, that you can talk about because i know it's like yeah. i've got some secret things going on i can't tell you <laughs> about yet but what can you tell us that you're excited about so by the way the the blue check question mm-hmm. that you're talking about that would be communication right you could put that under that category yep but yeah i'm man I'm, I'm i'm super excited one for this podcast going into going into 2022 with this podcast really sizzling as far as, um, you know, it's always ranked really high on, on all the podcast rankings now and all the, all the platforms. And it wasn't in 2021, it was like just starting to get heat. So now going ahead and fulfilling that, the, you know, knowing that it's a high ranked podcast, fulfilling that and, and, and just establishing that more, um, I think, I, I don't want to say pr- there's pressure in that, but there's a responsibility, and you kind of, that's what you said earlier. There's a, there's there's a responsibility to fulfill that um, its worth of this podcast. So I'm super excited about that, and actually um, to help a little bit, the next question, the the one I have queued up first, will help with all this. Okay. But um, yeah, so let's dive into it. Your questions, Granger Smith Podcast at Gmail dot com. The first one, subject line. This is the only one I've read. Subject line says, question for the best podcast ever. I like, I like, I like yeah, man. Like, yeah. You got me, man. Clickbait. You got me. It says, hey, Granger, I'm wondering why you left your record label and moved to a new one. I love listening to the podcast every Monday morning on my way to work. I've listened to every episode. Your answers are always so good to help me because the best version of myself, understand the best version of myself. Thank you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. This is, comes from Mason in Wisconsin. Yee yee. So Mason's, Mason um, has heard me talk about somewhere that I left the record label, but I did not join a new record label. So that, yeah, so I left my record label and this is going to kind of connect to your question, Burns, but I, I just wanted to, um, I've been with a record label for, for several years now that you knew this, right? Mm-hmm. You knew this. 
I'd, I'd actually been talking to you, speaking of advice, for probably three years. Because it was before Riv, I remember talking to you about this. Mm-hmm. I, w- I, would, I was just going, Bernie, I don't know if, if I should stay on a record label. And some people would think, why? I mean, that's like a dream to get a record deal. And it is, and it was a dream. And it was a great label and, and great friends. And they worked really hard. And I have great relationships there still at that label. But I felt like overall my life and my career was taking a shift. And the record deal primarily is there to get you on the radio. And with that comes a radio game that you need to play, that you need to, you need to satisfy radio. And ironically, this year, I'm, I have a radio job now. It's so <laughs> ironic how the tables have turned. But, but I left because I, I needed to free up some space, one for this podcast, um, one for the preaching opportunities that, that I'm trying to get. And um, I'm writing a book or just started the process of that and needed to free up some time for that. Um, this, I didn't know this radio gig was going to come, but that happened right after I left the, the label. Um, I got this, this radio job, which is going to take up time. So I'm thankful for that. And then there's, there's some other projects that I just have going on that I just felt like I needed to free up some space because mentally um, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, and a lot of travel to push a radio single up the chart. It's more than just a good song. It's it's saying the right things to the right people and, and you know, going going out to dinner in their hometown and, and doing free things for them constantly. And like radio tours, right? You have to yeah. like be promoting you, it all the time. You have to always travel. be. So I, like if I go to a tour date in St. Louis, I got to show up early and go meet the guy at the station and be super nice to him. And it's, that's a young man's game. And it's, I've, I've loved it in the past. I love the, the, the personal aspect to that, getting to know someone at a personal level. But um, after doing it for so long, I just, I need to free up my space. I need to free that up. And so that was a decision I had to make. And I was talking to Bernie about it for, for years. At first, when I first approached you about it, it was, man, I I feel like writing a letter. Do you remember Mm -hmm. I told you that? Mm -hmm. Like a long time ago, I was like, I want to write a letter and just express the way I feel and the way I feel about radio and, and the way that songs go up charts. And it's not in a jaded way. It's just, it's not about a good song. Right. It is at some level, but at some level, you once you hit a certain threshold, all the songs are good above a certain threshold. And then that's thousands and thousands of them. And the charts are only going to get 40 of them. Mm-hmm. So I needed to free up space. So yeah, Mason in Wisconsin, that's um, that's the best scenario I can give you. Now, what it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean I'm going to stop making music, stop making albums, stop touring. None of that's going to change, which is the great thing about it. And part of this decision was based on, well, I don't have to give up making music. In fact, I'll make more of it and different kinds of it. I could put out a gospel record and not skip a beat. I could write a new song and have it out to you guys in two weeks. There's no more red tape that would come with the record label. That's a big deal. So touring wouldn't change, making music wouldn't change, making albums wouldn't change. In fact, it would be more of it. So it's a benefit to you guys. And if I wasn't even talking about it at all, you wouldn't even know any difference. Right. So, yeah, so that's okay. that's going to be a big part going into 2022 record label lists. So of all of those things that you just 
mentioned making a new record, writing a book, uh, touring. What is the most exciting to you? What are, what are you most excited about? What's the most appealing to the, like kind of this next year? The book for sure. The book, one hundred percent. It's it's a it's above and beyond all the other things. Writing this book. Have you talked to you know folks about it like publicly? No, I know really. we have, but not really. Know. Okay. Um, I just started the Did process. Did you just announce this like right now I for the first time? <laughs> yeah, I haven't really even announced it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm with a, a literary agent, so we don't have a, a publisher. So I, I got with a really good um, agent. And through the recommendation of lots of authors that, are, that have success that I know on Instagram and, you know, DM them and got some really good advice to get an agent first before we get a publisher. So then I work with the agent on refining my thoughts mm. so that I'm not just looking at a blank page because it seems impossible to look at a blank page. So I talked to this uh, literary agent and they were able to sit down with me. We had coffee two or three times for two or three hours each time and just refined everything that's in my head and go, okay, well here, th they could give me suggestions on here's how you start. Here's where you're going to go. Here's where it's going to climax. And then here's how you finish. That way I'm not looking at a blank page anymore. I'm looking at a template. I'm like, great. Right. So that's where I am right now. I finished the template. We cool. finished the proposal. And then once I actually start diving into the writing, then I'll be talking about it a lot more. Cool. But that's that's what I'm most excited about. And that take, awesome. that's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. So As it should. Yeah. Did y'all hear that, guys? Get excited. 2022, Granger Smith's first book. Mm -hmm. Title... To be determined. Worked on in 2022, probably most likely released in 2023. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dang, that is a long I time, man. I know, I know. <laughs> okay. Um, back to these questions. All right. Let's see. Where was that one? I got to go back to that one and delete it. Um, I'm going to turn my Chick-fil-A water this way in case I need to take a drink. I guess you have this right here, too. Yeah. The, notice my coffee cup today. Parker got me this for Christmas. Nice. Wretched Center. That's my coffee cup today. You want to go, Bernie, you want to go deep or you want to go um, another surface level? I want to go wherever you want to take us, Grizz. <laughs> I got a feeling where you're going to take us, but... <laughs> well, let's look at this one. There's not many light ones on here today. So the subject line of this one says, I'm confused. Hey, Granger, I'm a new listener to the podcast and I love them. My boyfriend, now ex, and I recently broke up after dating for almost a year. We've been seeing each other for about two years. He came back two weeks after breaking up with me, wanted to start from the beginning and go slow, but remain exclusive. There's a voice inside my head that keeps trying to tell him that I'm conflicted. What should I do? By the way, I love him unconditionally, and he does me in return. Sincerely, Morgan from Florida, and she's 20 years old. A okay. couple things jump out at this one. Uh -huh. um, one, that you, the unconditional love that she has for him is impossible. And, and he has for her. It's impossible. Yeah. Morgan, that's impossible. Um, I get the sentiment. It's like, I love you forever and unconditional. It's like, no matter what, right? Yeah, but that's not true. That's I, not, I could yeah. sit here with you, Morgan, and give you some conditions to make it, <laughs> to make it not unconditional. You know? Um he puts a gun to your head and says, love me or die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you just broke a condition of the <laughs> unconditional love. I don't think you're going to say, oh, I love you unconditionally. So yeah. Um, 
and we can go on and on, but your, your love for another human is not unconditional. So be careful with saying that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do believe, though, as far as unconditional love, I do believe a parent's love for a child should be unconditional. I don't believe a child's love for a parent should be unconditional, right? It's interesting. Yeah, it is I interesting. I think about this a lot. It's like a parent, when you bring a child into the world as a parent, you are responsible forever for loving that child, no matter what they do, no matter how they reject you, no matter what they say to you, you love your job is to love them back to you, right? Like the prodigal right. son. yeah. But a kid doesn't have to feel that way because there are things a parent can do to the kid to say, you know what? I think I've fallen out of love with you, dad or mom. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's interesting. Do you think, so let's stress test this a little bit. So do you think that, because really it's the definition of love. Like what are they saying, unconditional love? What does that love look like? Because there can be times when a child has a parent that is abusive, like maybe not in the early years, but um, starts lying to him, deceiving him, all of these things can that child still love them as, man, that's my dad. I love him unconditionally as my dad. Mm-hmm. But as a person, as a friend, as a someone in my sphere of influence, I now have to extend further boundaries to that person in order to love them from a distance. Like what? Yeah, that's interesting. And the same thing, you could flip the script on, like, if a kid is um, if your child, you know, goes off the deep end and, like, starts killing people and starts, you know, this, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is not the kid I raised. What in the world happened? I still love you, but, one, there has to be boundaries. First, because you're in jail. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm scared of you. But secondly, emotional boundaries. Is there still the ability for a child to love a parent in the midst of that same thing, unconditionally with yeah. did the boundaries kind of help that sentiment at all? I think that's a great point, and and it's it's this idea that you know first and foremost that the, the the parent brings the child into the world, and the child doesn't have a choice in the matter. That's true. Yep, that's a good point. But I totally understand the the idea of loving as you would love any other human, or love love your enemy, mm-hmm. or love your neighbor. There's that kind of love. And then there's the the parental love mm-hmm. that you have, like when you when you lose a father and you grieve and grieve and grieve because of how much you loved him, or if you didn't really and he dies and you go, you know, I didn't really know my dad. I'm not really affected by this loss. You could still love him like you would love a neighbor or a, an enemy, like a biblical love, but it's not the kind of love that would make you grieve. And make you say, "I'll do anything to have my dad." Back yeah, and again. it's not. Yeah, it's not the same kind of love typically associated with the phrase "unconditional love." Yeah, right. So here's a. So let's flip the script on that. So now you have a parent that loses a child and says, "You know, I didn't really know my child. It doesn't really affect me that they died." That's weird. That's that sounds weird. weird. It doesn't sound weird for a a daughter to go. My dad died. Yeah. He lived in Arizona. I didn't really know him, so I don't really care. Yeah. 
But you would never say that as a parent. Yeah. My son died. He lived in Arizona. I didn't really know him, and I don't really care. Yeah. Then what's the difference in that? But there is one. There is one. There definitely is one. So, okay. <laughs> Sorry. To, Wait, back, uh, back, Morgan, back to your question. Um, but I will, I will say with, with Morgan Mason, who is this? This is Morgan. Morgan no. Mason was last one. Morgan, I feel like this may fall into the communication bucket. Yep. I feel like her and her boyfriend, boyfriend yeah. that there are things that they're not communicating well with each other about. And as far as the future and what needs to happen and where their heart's at and all that stuff, and I, I think it's a... Morgan, this is what we call a rebound. What happened to you? He came back two weeks after breaking up and wanted to start from the beginning. That's not uncommon. That's a, that's called a rebound. You know, you you date for a year, and then you go. You know what? I think we should see other people. And then you go for two weeks, and you go. I don't think there's anybody else out there. I'm I'm gonna go back to what was comfortable and what I what I really loved, and I'm gonna go back. And so two weeks comes back. That's normal. But the the trend is that's gonna happen again. Mm-hmm. As soon as you guys get comfortable again, he's gonna leave again. That's just, that's what's going to happen. He says he wants to start from the beginning and go slow this time, as if this would be a different scenario, and it's not. Nothing has changed. I I would be interested to know what did they do the first time that was fast, because it said they were... They dated, they were together for a year, and then dated a year after that year, because it says... Well, wait, they were together We we, we were dating for almost a year, but we'd been seeing each other for over, for about... Two years. <laughs> That's pretty slow. Yeah, guys. If you're, yeah. So let me let me just tell you because uh, again I'm gonna I'm gonna stress test this a little bit. Um, Leslie and I, my wife of 17 years, um, we met each other and we're in a circle of friends and we weren't really attracted to each other. We weren't. It was it just wasn't like that. Um, but we both love to play sports basketball, volleyball. So we would go and just like play. And all of a sudden we had a friendship and that was like nine months to a year before there was like a night, a night where we both realized like, whoa, this, this is like who I want to hang out with the rest of my life. And the, the veil was dropped. It was like, whoa, I saw her in a different light. Um, after that time though, probably maybe six, eight months into that, we I mean, you could say we broke up or we were on a break or however you want to phrase it, right? But that lasted for probably a couple weeks. Yeah. And then, but we did that in a different way. I, and that's why I'm wondering, like, what what is the... Yeah, it's... Morgan, this rebound thing it could totally work. He could come back and you could get married. Absolutely, like Bernie's saying. Um, I would suggest to you, and I think... I think Bernie would too, not knowing your full story, that go with the part of you that's conflicted instead of the part, the voice you said, there's a voice in my head saying, keep trying with him, but there's another side of me that's conflicted. I would go, I would lean on the conflicted side Mm -hmm. and tell him, hey, just to avoid the rebound, right? To avoid the problem of of just a rebound. It's not you, it's the rebound that's bringing him back. Go with that side and go, hey, I actually feel the same way. I love you. I feel like we have a connection, but we did break up. And to avoid us just falling into a rebound that has nothing to do with each other, I think we should go for a month 
and then reevaluate, go to coffee in a month. And, and if he's the right one, and if he truly loves you, he's going to be like, babe, whatever it takes. You want to yeah. go a month? You want to go a year? I love you. I want you. I'm going to be here for you. I'll wait. Okay, great. But then hold him to that month. You might want to do two months just to make to be sure. But if he's the right one and he truly cares about you, then he's going to easily wait. But if he's conflicted himself and he's like, I don't know. I mean, I might find someone else in a month. Bye. Right. It's funny that you say that because that is exactly what Leslie and I did <laughs> before we got back together. There was this period of time where you have to let the emotions simmer, se- yeah. settle down a little yeah. bit. Because if you just have this emotional response of like, oh, I, I don't want to be alone. I got to be with you. Instead of like, man, we took time apart and we didn't communicate at all. Um, I happened to be on the road, which was kind of like helpful to be away, but we didn't talk. Um, and really we just prayed and prayed and prayed like, God, is, is this the one? Because we don't want to do this whole thing again. And we got past the point of, man, I miss her. This is a, the emotional response of like, man, I, I really am overwhelmingly in love with this woman and I'll wait as long as I need to until it's reciprocated. And, and then that's what happened. So I, I think if you have these thoughts, uh, conflicting thoughts. Again, I'm going to go back to communication. I think Granger's right. I think you give that space and just see kind of where he's at and see where you're at, process everything. But after that, regardless, I think you got to come back together and communicate because otherwise she's going to be filling in that narrative with assumptions Yeah. instead of talking with him and hearing exactly where his heart's at. And on as many things as you feel like, I don't know where he's at with this, write it down so that when you guys get back together, you can talk and really kind of establish, okay, here's our baseline. And from my perspective, this isn't this isn't it. No, there, there's not en- enough of these answers that are lined up with mine. And, and so I'm going to move on. And vice versa for him. So so good, Morgan. But I think you have great a lot question. To, you have a lot to think about. It's a great question, and um, yeah, we we wish you the best. We're gonna take a break and be right back. All right. If you have a, a question for me, email GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. We'll get it answered on this podcast. I ask one thing: just don't make it too long. It's really hard to read a multiple page email. I sit here on my iPhone and read these. And about about the size of the screen of the iPhone is that that's good. That's a good length. Hopefully shorter. Um, if you send me a novel, although it might be really well written and an incredible story, it's almost impossible for me to sit here and, and read a novel. So if you can, just try to make it short. Um, so can I ask a question? Everybody out there is yeah, wondering. Sure. When are we going to live call in? questions um i think i'll be great man <laughs> i've got something i've have a, a piece of equipment here that, that i could actually do that with now okay so All we'll right. set it up that would be great uh actually this next next question that look has a phone number at the bottom so this question comes from grant and the subject line is mother-in-law and kids hey granger my name is grant i'm in my mid-20s i live in west michigan greater grand rapids area shout out to michigan 
I started listening to your podcast a couple months ago, and it's really changed how I process decisions. I've been a lifelong follower, believer of Christ, but listening to you and your guest work through other people's questions has shown me a way to critically evaluate situations and apply Christ's teachings to them. Thank you. My wife and I have a son that is nearly two years old, and we're trying for another. I was raised as a Christian, and my wife came to Christ in high school and has since become a God-fearing woman along with myself. We have plans to raise our children in a Christian home. However, my mother-in-law was raised Catholic, but she does not participate in any kind of religion currently. I think she believes there there is a God, but does not actively pursue a Christ-centered life. She is also gay and quite expressive about that part of her. My wife and I have discussed that we need to explain to our children that we are to hate the sin, but not the sinner at an early age. But I'm worried that that may not be enough. My concern is that my mother-in-law may impress some of her unbiblical beliefs onto them and or confuse them. I feel it's important that she is a part of their life. I believe grandparents can be very influential to children as they were for me, but my dad passed away several years ago, leaving my mother and mother-in-law who are opposites in many ways to be that influence. Wise counsel I could turn to does not have the experience like this, which makes it very hard to get advice based on experience. Do you or Bernie have any ideas on how to approach this proactively other than our current plan? Also, when our kids do have questions about faith regarding the origin of the questions, how do we encourage them to turn to us the church or the Bible for answers rather than other bad influences. Thank you so much. Grant, man, we, I have some answers for you, Grant and uh, Bernie and I could be some wise counsel or I don't know wise. I don't know if that's a quite the word <laughs> we could be counsel for you, Grant. Uh, and, and um, I, I too, like your other friends have not, have not personally experienced this, but, but that's okay uh, because we could fall on, on the Bible and that could be our experience all wrapped into one. There's so many things in your email. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. And so let's kind of just start chopping away like it's a big tree and we've got a sharp axe. And we'll just go slowly into all of this. Um, first of all, you know, congratulations. You're rocking life. You're in your mid-20s. Um, you're trying for a second baby. That's awesome. Um, you got a great wife, it sounds like. I want to start with this. I want to start with this. You're you're in you're in protection mode already as a young dad. And that's understandable. You're you are in your mid twenties. You're new to this dad thing. Not that I'm any farther down the road at all. You know, I'm I'm forty two, but but so I don't want to speak like that, but I do want to say um the protection mode that you're in is natural. You're just wanting to protect them from the world, from the world. But you'll learn through time that it's better to prepare them for the world instead of constantly protect them from it. Prepare instead of protect. And you could do that in several ways, but but mainly right there in, in your house, you prepare them. I know Bernie does the same thing. We can't, we can't just put up shields and protect our children from anything they might see or be influenced by. We need to be the, the main influence coming into them in their house. That's our job. In a preparation way so that they can go out and go, I see this. I expected to see this because dad told me I would expect to see this. 
stop me, Bernie, if I'm getting too far without no, you having no, a thought. No, that's great, man. Keep going. Um, and I, I want to dive into something that I read right in here at the top here. Um, you said, I, I want to, I, I have been a lifelong follower and believer of Christ, and um, you, you've taught me how to critically evaluate. My wife and I have a son, nearly two years old, trying for another we have pl- okay. Here it is. We we have always had plans to raise our children in a Christian home, and you want to make sure that this is a Christ-centered home. And what I don't like about what you said is, I don't like hate the sin, not the sinner. I do- I don't think that that's something you need to explain to your children. I understand the concept. I understand what you're saying, but we're all sinners. Yeah, and kids, kids we're all sinners. That's a higher level concept for you know. I don't know how old his kids are, but that's, that's a ways until he has to, you know. Grant, try I'm to sitting here. That. Got my cup, man. I got my cup right here for you. Yeah, wretched sinner coffee cup because that's me and that's Bernie and that's you and guess what? That's also your kids. Mm. Amber and I look at Maverick and it's a it's a. It's a funny joke that we say, but it's true when we say, oh, you little wretched hearted sinner. <laughs> because that's how we're born. We're, we're born into this world as rebellious sinners. Do we, need it? Do we need to prove that? Have you ever seen a two-year-old? They will lie, steal, mm-hmm. cheat. They would kill you if they weren't so small. And you would probably kill them if they weren't so cute. <laughs> That's the way it is, man. You hold a little two-year-old in your arms, and when he wants something, when he wants that piece of candy and you take it away from him, he looks at you like he would kill you if he was 100 pounds heavier. Yeah, he would shake you. There's nothing about shaking oh, adults. Man. If he had the muscles to do it, oh yeah, he shake you, you until you die. They grab you at your eyes and your nose with their little <laughs> fingernails, and they squeeze. And so... From the very beginning, when we pop out of the womb, we are not innocent. We are guilty. Guilty upon birth, right? And so that's, that's something that we, we could start in an early age, breathing into the children, is through discipline, showing them that we are inherently sinners. Instead of looking at, oh, mother-in-law, mother-in-law's gay, and we don't want to be like that, it's more like, Look at yourself. Look mm-hmm. at who we are. We, we're all broken. We all have our vices, and we all have things that we shouldn't be doing. And so we, we, can't, we can't look at this as a protection, like, oh, don't, don't look at mother-in-law. Don't, don't look at her. She's gay. We, gotta, we have to protect. We have to protect because this is, you know, you're supposed to hate the sin, and we want to be a God-centered life. Hey, Jesus went to the sinners. He didn't come to earth to to make laws for us to follow. He came to save sinners because we already broke the law. Mm-hmm. It was too late. Right. No, that's a good point. A lot of people think that um, everything that Jesus talks about in the New Testament, all the red letters, this is just, Jesus is just a good teacher on like, and he's our example. That's how we need to live. And it's like, no, that was not the main point no. of why he came and what he said. Yeah. You got to go back and, and read it. So like 
Grant, here's 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 my two cents, man. And again, I'm a parent too, trying to figure this out. Yes. In a world that is just like falling apart around us, um, depraved as it as it ever been. So I'm with you, man. And what I think is that this can apply to any parent, regardless of what you believe. Okay, what your belief system, what your worldview is, this still can apply to you, but I'm going to speak to Grant from a Bible-believing disciple of Jesus to another, okay? Um, The things that, not just your mother-in-law, but anyone that they come in uh, contact with, they're going to have to learn how to discern is is this holy is this godly is it not how do i make decisions based on what i'm seeing um you have the privilege and the responsibility to guide them not to yourself and not like hey look what dad does mm. because you're going to fail them just like everybody else yeah but hey son man, I am broken and busted just like everybody else, including you. But what we believe is that there's this book, these holy scriptures that are truth. These are true. And we are going to wrestle with them and stress test them and open them up. And they're always going to come back. And I can't wait to walk through all these different situations in your life. And so like Granger said, you're preparing them for the journey so that when they get in these situations, they have in their mind these words, these true words, these tested and faithful words that they can then discern what they're seeing and then make decisions based on that. Um, In nowhere... In the scripture, I believe, are you going to find a place that says we just need to isolate and right. only be here and and just protect, 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 protect? That's that's not really the the mission of the gospel. That's not really what the intent of the Bible. Um, I think if you think about sin that Granger is talking about in all of us as a disease. Yeah, that okay. we're born with it. Yeah, we're born, we're born like this. We're born with this disease. So let's say that your son has a disease. Like how much, and, and it starts to flare up. When it does and you see him in that pain, you're going to just like go even closer to him and be like, man, I, I think this is what you're saying. Man, I hate this cancer. I can't believe, oh, son, I, my heart breaks for you. Like I wish that I could take this on for you. I wish I could bear it for you, but I am here with you. This is a great way to think about Jesus and his perspective of you, of your son, of your mother-in-law, of all of us. If if we are his people, we are his son, his daughter, he doesn't see our sin and separate us. No, He sees it and he comes even more so to us. So I, I don't yeah. know if that's helpful, that's so but I, I, love it, I, Burns. I hope that you take what Granger's saying and that I'm emphasizing too. You have to be the one that is 
initiating the conversations, initiating the dialogue. So when they get in situations and they see things they don't understand, hey, dad, I saw this today. And you're like, oh, yeah, hey, remember when we talked about yeah. this? This yeah. is kind of that We're thing. And you keep that conversation going. Um, that is huge. You know what the problem is with your mother-in-law? I wish you were around the campfire right now. I could ask you straight up. You know what the problem is with your mother-in-law? No, the, the answer is not she's gay. The answer is she's not a believer. Th- that's it. She's a sinner, and so are you, and so are your kids, and so am I. That's not a problem. That's how we're born. But the only way we could eradicate that problem is through Christ. He does, he does it for us. That's why he came to the earth. That's why we pursue a relationship with him. Your pro- the problem with your mother-in-law is... She's not following Christ. That's it. So don't look at anything else. You shouldn't be surprised by anything else that she or you or anyone does. Because did you lie today? Or maybe not today. Did you lie this week? A white lie. Have you ever stolen anything in your life? Have you ever looked at another woman with lust? Have you ever said the the Lord's name in vain in any way, including OMG? The answer to all those questions is yes. You were a sinner too, and you were born with it, just like your mother-in-law. So we don't look at her in that way, at her sin. We look at her as without Christ. That's the only thing that matters to you. That's the only thing that should matter to your kids is she's without Christ. And so that's what you pour into your kids is that we, we, we radically pursue Jesus. We pursue him with all our heart, and we admit our sins. We admit that we are beyond help. We cannot be helped. And so when we radically pursue him... He takes care of everything for us. That's it. I hope that this helps. I know that you that was a long question you asked, and it was it was uh, very loaded. Um, but I, I hope that helps. I hope that helps. Um, just, yeah, and Grant, uh, email back in, man. Yeah. I was asking Granger earlier, like some of these questions that we answer, like we'd love to kind of follow these storylines of like you know Grant, you know, a couple years from now, like what happened with your relationship with your mother-in-law as the kids grew up and like, um, yeah, we'd love to hear. So That's awesome. Yeah. Abs- thank you, buddy. Thanks for the question. Um, let's see. Here's, here's a question. Subject line, spiritual advice. Hey, my name is Weston. I'm from Forest, Virginia. I need some advice on how to be a better Christian. Here we go. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was baptized September 5th and it was amazing but I always feel like I disappoint the Lord. I try to be a good Christian. I normally pray every day, and I try to keep up with my church's live stream. It's hard to go to church with a two-week-year-old and a two-year-old. Would you have any kind of advice on why I'm feeling like I could never be good enough to enter heaven? Ooh, that's an easy question. Goodness <laughs> You're gracious. Not, you're not good enough. Yeah, stop. And you, you never will be. Why is this our culture? especially the Christian culture. We have to do the stuff. Like, stop worrying about doing all the stuff, guys. Like, you're not, you're not good enough, man. You, you will never be good enough. You cannot do good enough. You cannot pray enough. You cannot see enough church live streams to go to heaven. You will fall short every time. This is, this is, you're talking about religion. And, and I see that, that word pop up on my podcast all the time on these questions, religion, religion, religion. Erase, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're writing in, erase that word from your vocabulary because religion is man-made. Let's all say that together if you're listening. Religion Religion is is (laughs) man-made. 
<laughs> right? It, it's the pursuit of God from man to try to get into heaven, to try to get approval from God, to try to do enough things on a checklist on Santa Claus good and good and naughty list that you can finally go to the North Pole and get a toy. That is totally man-made. You cannot be good enough to enter heaven. Every other religion besides Christianity says that this is what you do. Every other religion. I'm talking about Mormons. I'm talking about Muslims. I'm talking about Jews. Any other branches of the Abrahamic religions. Um, I'm talking about Buddhism and Hindu when it's not totally God, but it's a, it's a nirvana. It's, it's what can man do to get there, to get to either peace or heaven or paradise or euphoria or what could man do to get there? And Christianity is Christ. That's what he, that's what it is where he goes, come to me, come to me and I will bring you. I will clean up your life around you. You go to him with your dirty room and he cleans up your dirty room and makes it clean. Go to him, pursue him, a relationship, a personal relationship with him. That's what you do. Do you think that we're just like really dumb, human, arrogant beings? Yeah. And it's like, we can't, because the law was established to make us conscious of sin, to like show us, hey, here's this law. Here's these things you're going to do to live, to be holy, yeah. right? Oh, wait, we can't do those things. No human being except Jesus that's lived on the earth has ever done it. We can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah. That's why the law's established. We can do it. But yeah. when Jesus came and he was like, hey, um, I've come to put it into all of this. Like, you are clean in me. You don't have, like, this, this law that you're trying to keep to restore your relationship with God, you don't have to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the conduit. Trust in me. And I'll, I'll, I will take care of it. But we're like, nah, we got to keep doing all the stuff, right? Like, yeah. okay, we believe in the Jesus, but still, yeah. we got to... It's like the law these days that has been in all these other religions in within Christianity is still, well, did you have your devotional? Man. Well, did you go to church? Well, did you tithe? Well, did you do these things? Now, I'm not saying that there is an outpouring of good fruit and it's and holiness and righteousness that will come out <laughs> just naturally <laughs> but for the love like can we today. stop with so, this works based can i say works based christianity because i sure. think that's kind of um, other religions say that but christianity's like no parker calls it a plus religion and and members of the uh, LDS church and Islam and their man their fi their fingers are getting so tired right now cuz they're burning me up an email right now they're just about to burn me to the ground and hey this is not about um this is not about singling out this is about defending de defending the Christian faith and um and separating it from the others and so if if you're mad at me if you're Mormon and you're mad at me um it wouldn't be the first time that I've gotten your emails, and I want to tell you truly, 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 I love you. I absolutely love you, and and I want the truth. I want the truth to hurt, and I want it to. I want it to burn a little bit, and that's why I say it because because I say it out of love. If I was driving down a road that I just saw that the bridge was out, and I'm driving down the road, and and you're coming at me in a car, and and I roll down my window and I say, "Hey, the bridge is out ahead. The bridge is out," and you say 
get out of here, man. You don't know what you're talking about. It would be love for me to say, stop. The bridge is out. That would be love. It would be hate for me to go, ah, do what you want. Keep on going, bro. You find out on your own. Mm-hmm. So that, so that, that I just want you guys to know my heart that that's, that's where it's coming from. Um, and I don't want to make people mad, but people are right now, they're typing James two on some email mm-hmm. to me. And I, and I want to tell you when, when James says that, that, that faith without works is dead, he's talking about in that whole chapter that, that works are a result. You should see good fruits. Like Bernie said, good works should come. They will come if it was a real faith. If it was a real relationship you have with Jesus, then the outcropping of that, how do you know if it's real? Because you'll see good works. You'll see a, a, an image of Jesus coming out through that person and what they do in their daily lives. They're going to hate their sin. That's, a diff- that's another thing is when you have a true relationship with Jesus, you start hating your own sin and you want to eradicate it and you still do it and you still stumble. But now when you do stumble, you go, oh, I hate that. And I have to repent for it because I feel terrible that I told that lie or that I stole that song on Napster or you you, you hate it and you want to eradicate it. But that's an outcropping of your faith. It's not the beginning of your faith. It's not the works that you do that start the ball rolling. It's the faith that starts the works rolling. Yeah, and and like he's saying that he's feeling this weight of guilt, right? That is not from God at all. Yeah, that's a lie. Um, and so that's that's where these, you know, the the works associated with faith. That's where it's got backwards because you wouldn't be feeling if you had it the way you're talking about, where this is an outpouring, outcropping of that. Your your trust and dependency on Jesus being the intercession is the focus and you're not going to feel the guilt over and over because every time he comes to you and says, hey, I got you. This yeah. is why I came. Hey, focus on me. Just focus on me. Yeah. Just trust in me. Um, and so that that guilt piece, I think that there's, you know, is there one of the C's that this falls into? I'm, I'm kind of here in communion. Yeah, absolutely communion. Yeah. So lack of communion with God and the scriptures, like, and so... Uh, let, let me let me look at something real quick. Um, Psalm uh, Psalm forty. Hang on a second, because this is Psalm or Psalm. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> literally, like on the fly, I, I have to go. Date. You'll hear this with David all, all the time. So while Granger's look, looking that up, he's finding here it, is, it. Here it is, Psalm okay, 42. Go for it. Okay, um, David, in Psalm 42, listen to what David says. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? He's talking to himself. Like, why am I so messed up? Why do I have this anxiety? Why am I just churning inside me? And then look what he says right after that. Hope in God, for I shall praise again. Praise him, my salvation and my God. He goes back always to that. Praise him. And so that's 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 something for you to remember there, Weston, is, is when you're when your soul is downcast and you're in turmoil, just go, God, I praise you. Why do why am I listening to myself? Why am I conflicting my own brain and myself and thinking that 
I have to work my way to you. And I, God, I can't. Take me. Take my soul. Breathe into me. Pull your spirit into me. I praise you. You created me. You gave me a purpose. Let me know that purpose. Don't be quiet. Speak to me, God. I mean, I'm talking on your knees in your bedroom. Right, Your elbows are on your bed, and you're just you're just crying out that you can't do it. Pour into me. And then you wait on him. And then watch him fulfill this to you. Watch him give this to you. Watch this peace well up inside of you where you no longer feel like you have to pray a certain amount of times in the day. You just do because you want to, mm-hmm. not because you have to. Yeah, I think like anything, the more that you probably study the scripture and engage your mind, you're going to see your heart will follow. And you're going to be yeah. like, oh my gosh. I had no idea that this is what the scripture meant. And then all of a sudden, this desire that Granger's talking about, as you're sitting kind of in this solitude and stillness, and you're you're thinking through the verse that you have read for the last two or three weeks and and studied, and now and it's like God just starts to put these things together. And then you can recall that when you're in a conversation with your coworker and you're being used. You're a vessel. You are not doing anything. Stop trying to do stuff and be a vessel, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying this to myself too, guys. Right, yes. <laughs> it's a great and, like, and me, We need these reminders too every day. Me, and, and so the last two questions, you know, we could kind of say the same thing, that from the last two questions, you have to remember me speaking into this microphone on this podcast right now. I'm a wretched sinner. I'm a sinner, so I don't, I don't worry about hate the sin, love the sinner. I don't worry about that kind of thing. All I think of is my own sin, and it's all in me. And it's like Bernie said, it's a cancer, and I want to get it out. I'm not going to worry about someone else's. All, with someone else, all I'm going to worry about is loving them and showing them Christ, showing them their Savior. That's yeah. all I'm going to worry about with them. I'm not going to worry about other people's sin. But when it comes to me, Weston... I just give it all up and I go, I can't. I can't pray enough. I can't watch enough live streams. I can't do I can't do anything that's good enough for you. Thank God. Thank God. I don't have to. Because I have Jesus. Yeah. All right, guys. We're out of time, bro. Amen. Thanks for having me, dude. Well, we got we got rough today, man. <laughs> we gotta go. To, I feel like I got riled up on the last two of these things. I, I gotta, gotta go take a shower. I gotta simmer 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 down. Simmer See you guys, down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee. <laughs>